To a very special bonus episode of Spoilers. I'm Pappy, and with me is my favorite co-host, Stevie. Heyo! What's happening, people? Well, we're not doing a whole episode tonight, are we, Stevie? We're actually playing something that was recorded many moons ago. So many moons ago. You and I started this amazing endeavor called Please Stand Clear of the Doors because you and I have a crazy love for Disney, correct? We have a, we knew a lot before we started, and then we just learned so much more. Like, we read books for this podcast. I think we talked about it way back on the Ralph Breaks the Internet episode, so that was like when Pixie Bomber first came on the podcast. So Yes. A lot's happened in our lives since then, uh, but what didn't happen is the finishing of that podcast. No, I mean, it was just such a crazy time to start it, too. I started plans to build a house, which... You know, because how involved I was took forever. Uh, you started a new job? So I started a new job. I moved twice. I got engaged. You have a baby on the oh, way. So close. It's just been a crazy time. So, like, we weren't able to finish the show. But what we do have is the first four episodes available out now. So if you search for Please Stand Clear of the Doors on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the normal places, you'll be able to find it. As a little treat, though, we have a little bonus episode, like I mentioned. This is the first episode we did, The History of Mickey Mouse. Stevie, we recorded that two years ago. Do you remember anything about The History of Mickey Mouse? I remember... You and I spent probably a week researching our rear ends off to get this done, right? We had like a giant Google document. Yeah, here's another thing with this. We put a lot of effort into those episodes. I mean, it was a week-long research for both of us and hours upon hours uh, recording and also editing on Papsend, right? Oh, it took me... Uh, I mean, it would take me like a month, I think, to do an episode, basically, from all the clips. It took me so long that a lot of the clips that we had, the source of those clips, like the YouTube or whatever, is gone. So we weren't able to actually use it. So if we get enough engagement, Spoiler Man's going to tell you how you can reach out to us. If we get enough engagement, Stevie and I will try and go back in the vault and salvage as much as we can from Season 1. If we get a lot of like people reaching out to us and telling us they like it, we might bring back the podcast. So let us know. But in the meantime, enjoy the special bonus episode of The History of Mickey Mouse. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. Please stand clear of the doors. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las Hello! How are you today, Pappy? I'm doing great. Episode one. Episode one of Please Stand Clear of the Doors. Hopefully, Woo! your podcast for all things Disney. And this is our first preview episode. 
the history of Mickey Mouse. The history of Mickey Mouse, the most important figure in all of Disney lore. And today we get to talk about him. How exciting is that? It's pretty exciting. It's a good place for us to start. Because I, I, I think we want this podcast to be like a little bit of Disney news, a little bit of like retrospective on the movies, and then like every once in a while spotlight something mm-hmm. from Disney. So, I mean, Mickey Mouse... There's no better place to start. He's the the he icon. He is the spotlight. The logo. I mean, in my mind, the most recognizable cartoon character in the world of all time. Arguably the most important character in American copyright law history. Ooh, very good points. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's kind of get started where... Actually, let's start with his predecessor, which was Oswald the Rabbit. Now, I'm sure a lot of Disney heads know this. But uh, Walt Disney used to work for Universal, which is pretty insane to think about because they're probably Disney's biggest rival in film. What do you think? Before Shrek. (laughs) Well before. (laughs) (laughs) Before the dawn of Shrek, there was Oswald the Rabbit. Who was that intellectual property was actually owned by Universal, which led to Disney wanting to make his own stuff. Correct. Uh, Long story short. Charles Mintz, one of the unsung heroes to how the Disney Empire was founded, married into Universal. And he did not want to pay Walt Disney nor his animating and writing partner, Ub Iwerks. He wanted to give them a 20% pay cut. And Walt wanted to start off and start, I imagine, the Walt Disney Animated Company. And um, he wasn't allowed to take Oswald the Rabbit with him. So you could say that Mickey Mouse was kind of born out of necessity. They needed to create something that was similar, I imagine, to Oswald, but not exactly identical. Right. And so, like, uh, Walt and Ub. Great <laughs> That's a funny name. name. Ub. Ub. Yeah. <laughs> Ub Iwerks. I like it. <laughs> it almost sounds more like a company than Walt Disney. <laughs> Ub Iwerks. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so they wanted to... Uh, create their own intellectual property that they could own 100%, like you were saying. And if you look at uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, he looks a lot like Mickey Mouse. He's got the same black body, same big ears, kind of the same face and nose. He has a Um, a colored pair of shorts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like a natural progression just to alter a little bit and draw what they were comfortable with drawing. Right. And uh, when it came to Mickey, Oswald was a big hit. And so they were going to test Mickey out and they started out with three shorts and those shorts were playing crazy galloping gaucho and what came to be known as probably the original Mickey Mouse steamboat Willie. Now you saw playing crazy. What'd you think about it? Um, it's interesting. Uh, so I the, the kind of plot is that Mickey well, is he's building a plane? I don't really know. Did they say why he's trying to make this? No, plane? he's just building a plane. He's just building a plane, and that's the funny thing too. Is like with a lot of these early shorts, it's Mickey Mouse, but he's always interacting with other animals who are like actual animals. Right. Like, the line between <laughs> like, like what's a sentient animal and what's like just There's like horses, creature. cows, cats, <laughs> and then like an intelligent mouse. <laughs> it's very very strange. But he builds the plane, and then he's trying to impress Minnie. Right? Yeah, Minnie's in these shorts. She's in the first three shorts. Yeah, and a lot of it's him trying to either save her or impress her or 
you get a kiss from her or something like that, which is true with playing crazy. And then like when she doesn't want to kiss him, he does some tricks to scare her. Like yeah. early Mickey Mouse is kind of a jerk. He's a tad antagonistic. He yeah. the best way you could describe early Mickey Mouse is a troublemaker. Like he kind of creates what happens around him. It's like stuff doesn't happen around him. He's the one that creates all the madness. He's more of an everyman as opposed to the daddy Mickey Mouse who we'll talk about later. He's more of an Atticus Fitch type leader. Yeah, what I found surprising about the second short, which is Gallop and Gaucho, was it was kind of dark, wouldn't you think? Don't you think? Mickey's boozing and smoking in it. It's crazy. He lights a cigarette, chugs a beer. Um, the I mean, this is a predecessor to Pete, the bad guy of every Disney short from here on out. And he's the bad guy in the video games. We'll get to that in a bit. But um, he kidnaps Mickey. You know, Minnie. He kidnaps Minnie. It's kind of odd how Mickey, like, I guess you could say, traverses across the southern plains to get her, ends up in a sword fight. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was kind of alarming was how Minnie was in chains. It's really crazy. And, and like, yeah, again, like, it's really dark with high stakes. And Mickey rides an ostrich across the desert, and the ostrich gets drunk at one point <laughs> in the bar. And he uses starch <laughs> to straighten yeah. him out. Yeah, watching watching this, you could see like where Mickey Mouse could have easily gone the way of like Bugs Bunny and been more of a slapstick, violent. That's type what I character. thought too. It was very slapstick. Is it a real crossroads of like him building his brand into what it'll end up becoming? Right, and these um, shorts were very similar to the shorts that we get today with Pixar, including Disney Animation, some movies where they're just played before big movies. And exactly. what, what happened was with these first two was they were, I guess you could say, previewed and test audiences in New York, and the first two failed. And I guess that's why Steamboat Willie is so iconic, was he was the first to really garner big attention and be like shown nationwide before a movie. It was also the first animated film with synchronized sound. Um You'd had the jazz singer previously released, which uh, synchronized live action with the pre-recorded sound. But right. this was the first cartoon to have um, animation, and you know, have, you know, the iconic Mickey whistling. And why I find this one super important too was uh, the main, like I guess, the animated stars were cats, and the the bad guys in these are cats. Yeah, <laughs> and he's mean to him too. He like uses the cat for music on more than one of these early shorts, like either pulling its tail or right. doing something. Steamboat Willie, um, how would you describe his appearance? He's a lot skinnier. Um, he is missing his iconic gloves. Uh, right. He does have he does have shoes, which he gets in the galloping. Uh, what's it called? Galloping. Galloping gaucho. Galloping Gaucho episode. Um, Which is just a South American cowboy, for those who don't know. Yeah, I mean, looking at him, you can tell it's Mickey Mouse, but it's also got a long way to go before we get to like a more recognizable, colored-in-face Mickey Mouse. What do you think? Yeah, um, very... I guess you can say he's a very skinny face. Mm-hmm. I guess the Mickey Mouse I'm used to is very full, rounded face, and Steamboat has a very narrow face. Like you said, he's missing his gloves. Yeah, very prominent tail. Like, his tail is super long. It wraps all the way around in front of his feet in a couple of the pictures we're looking at here. 
Right, and Steamboat was 1928, and you could kind of hop into the 1930s. That's when Mickey's getting his gloves. Uh, tail gets a tad shorter, and then we get to Fantasia Mickey, mm-hmm. which, which is important because why? Uh, the first feature-length film appearance of Mickey, and also that sort of look of Mickey is probably the most modern look of any Mickey that you see so far up to that point. Right. 12 years in, like his face is colored in. He's got the gloves. His ears look normal is the shape of his face is like more similar to the, the full face that we see today. And even that like Fantasia Mickey, I think that was used in the Disney classics VHS series as Mm -hmm. the mascot. So like that Mickey has been around for a while, basically from Fantasia on. Like, we were both born in 1990. To me, that is, like, the most recognizable Mickey ever. Like, that is mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse in a sense. Well, it's interesting, too, because he, he kind of evolves a little bit over the next, like, 15 years. Like, so, like, late 40s Mickey and 50s Mickey. He loses his tail, and then his face kind of gets, like, more more mouse-like again, yep. almost. Like, the nose becomes a little bit longer and lower. The ears move lower down on his head so they're more like out to the side like mm-hmm. perpendicular to the ground uh and then like in the 90s they roll it back to more of that fantasia disney so it's it's kind of weird how they, they lost there a little bit and then come back to the 40s come back to the tail yeah <laughs> gotta get that tail back gotta get that tail well do you want to talk about the voice actors we talk I about the do. design a little I, bit i do want to talk about the voice actors because that is an important part <laughs> yeah so there have been about eight people who have done English speaking Mickey, but the majority of those are for like little one off projects, like a lot of like book on tape or like smaller side project Mickey. Uh, but there's kind only of really team f- Mickey. Exactly. Yeah. But there's only really four like iconic Mickey Mouse voices that you've probably ever really heard in, in TVs or movies. Um, Walt Disney, Jimmy McDonald, Wayne Allwine and Brett Iwan. Uh, let's start with Walt Disney's voice. Uh, so we got the a, Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather here. He was really proud that he was the voice of Mickey Mouse. Um, he did it between 1928 and 1946. His career ended with a uh, fun and fancy free, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's play. Uh, let's play the clip right Inside now. Walt Disney. Oh, <laughs> it's you. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's me, I guess. <laughs> All alone without <laughs> your dog. Yeah, <laughs> All alone. <laughs> you know, oh. I used to have a little cat once. And when it was left all alone, it'd cry. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can pause it there, but yeah, you could you could hear the little. His voice is a more higher, more mm-hmm. of that falsetto, more laughy, and that was also the voice of Bill Bletcher. Did an amazing his, Pete. Yeah, doing his arch nemesis Pete. Um, I used to have a little cat once. That comes back later uh, on the Mickey Mouse short that played in front of Frozen. But I guess, what do you think about Walt Disney's version of Mickey, the OG? Um, like you said, it's very high pitched. Um. I mean, I guess you could say it's important because that's kind of the basis of what everyone else followed. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Even though it's not like the Mickey voice I may be used to, it's still kind of like the concrete foundation of what everyone else followed, but just maybe improved upon it. We let's let's. I have some more clips later, but I also don't think that Walt Disney does the the best job of enunciating no. his words. They're kind of he doesn't quite form them all the way. <laughs> ah, you know what I mean? He doesn't like pronounce like the end of the words a lot of times with his his version of Mickey Mouse. But I also love the hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> yeah. So uh, trivia question, and we'll, we'll get to this when we talk about the uh, uh, important shorts that Mickey started in in film. But the first words that Mickey Mouse says ever are stevie hot dog hot dog yep but and carnival kid and carnival kid yeah so the second uh person to voice mickey mouse was a guy by the name of jimmy mcdonald um he was a longtime head of the disney sound effects department he was actually the original head of the sound effects department and he did a little bit of no recorded or major voice work. Like he did some like test work for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves with some yodeling and stuff. But mm. he's going to end up uh, voicing Mickey Mouse from 1946 to 1947. Or sorry, excuse me, 1946 to 1977. So this is kind of like the end of a lot of Mickey Mouse shorts, but he did a lot uh, like the very tail end of those. Um, so I got another clip here. Let's go ahead and play that. Now, Pluto, your boy. This is from Pueblo oh, Pluto. There you are. <laughs> What's the matter, old boy? Didn't you get any souvenirs? <laughs> <laughs> and Pluto's got another dog as a souvenir <laughs> in his back. But yeah, we can go ahead and fade that clip out but yeah you can hear a little bit of a difference his is also high but he's more enunciating the words and a couple of the the words there it's just it sounds more fully formed i'm not really familiar with this mickey voice it sounds the most different i think to me what do you think yeah it's um i think it's kind of the mickey voice that gets somewhat lost in the shuffle (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah because i definitely think that our next guy up is probably the prime voice that we all heard growing up yeah so that that guy's name is wayne allwine and he is yeah like like you said probably the mickey mouse that most of us have heard for the majority of our lives um he took over in 1977 starting with the uh mickey mouse christmas carol short which i think this clip is from um but he voiced mickey from 1977 all the way to his death in 2009 um so let's go ahead and play that clip. Any jackanapes who thinks else should be boiled in his own pudding. Uh, Scrooge. But sir, Christmas is a time for giving, a time to be with one's family. I say bah, humbug. I don't care. I say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well said, Merry Mr. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can go ahead and pause it there. But yeah, that's... It's almost a little bit lower than Walt or yep. Jimmy McDonald's versions, and the articulation is much more clear on the words. You can just tell every word he's saying. He sounds so clear. One one fun fact, too, about uh, Wayne Allwine is he married Rusie Taylor, mm-hmm. and that's significant because she played Minnie Mouse in real life, and they met in a recording studio and fell in love, and Mickey married Minnie in real life. So let's go. I have a clip of uh, Leonard Malton interviewing the couple 
Let's go ahead and play that now. Well, if you're going to talk about Mickey and Minnie Mouse, and we are, why not go right to the horse's mouth or the mouse's mouth? The mice's mouths? How do we say that exactly? Mises' mouths? The Mises' mouths. Well, we're talking to the people who are. You're oh, always so the cute. voices of Mickey and Minnie. Mm. You sort of embody Mickey and Minnie, don't oh. you? Oh. Leonard Mullen's got a Wayne giant Online Mickey Mouse pin on. <laughs> That's one of the, the things I've noticed over the years, though this is my 25th year doing Mickey, is how in time you actually realize those characteristics that the character has in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've, I've got all his uh, naive qualities. <laughs> all his optimistic That's qualities. That's why we have an agent here. That's right. <laughs> um, and Rusi has Minnie's tremendous uh, love of people. Sauciness. Sauciness, yes, it's the and sauciness. sweetness. Sweetness, yeah, I mean, it's, it's there. Do you think you could really portray those characters successfully if you didn't have those qualities in yourself? No. No. Mm -mm. Okay, yeah, well, we can go ahead and right. end that there. But yeah, I mean, they, they seem like a really sweet couple, and, and the fact that Mickey Mouse was married to Minnie Mouse in real life is just too cute. They do mirror, mirror their characters quite a bit. They really do, yeah. And at that point, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to sort of the filmography of Mickey Mouse, but Wayne Allwine's Mickey Mouse is a much more mature, uh, kind Mickey Mouse <laughs> than the earlier versions of Mickey Mouse. But unfortunately, uh, Wayne Allwine passed away in 2009. Uh, he was doing the voice of Mickey Mouse up until that point. And the voice of Mickey Mouse today has been taken over by Brett Iwin? Ewan? 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 Yeah. Ewan? Yep. Um, he is a former Hallmark greeting card artist, and his debut was in the Kingdom Hearts video game. My favorite. Um, yep. Uh, so let's go ahead and play a clip of him. Oh. But you'll be okay. Right. Say, we've been looking for you a long time. How come you're in this place? First tell me, how long's it been in the realm of light? About... ten years. Interesting. I still have no idea what that video game's about. <laughs> None idea at all. I played it five times, beaten it five times, still have no idea what it's about. It doesn't really seem to tie in with the whole Disney thing. It seems like it's two different video games, but I love it. <laughs> um, his voice, definitely a little bit, I think, deeper again. Um... I think more similar to Wayne Allwine's and Walt Disney. It's, it's kind of a progression as you go through the four. I could definitely pick up some Walt in there. A little bit of Walt, yeah. Yeah, especially when you when you hit like the high pitch notes. All right, but do you want to get to uh, Mickey Mouse in in film? Sure. So that was the the interesting thing about doing this project is Mickey Mouse really isn't in that many things. No, and. I definitely think it's a smart company decision when you say for your, I mean, it's your brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you really, I guess you can't say Mickey doesn't have a personality, but you don't want him to kind of split a line either. He's just your brand. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So Mickey Mouse was in dozens and dozens of animated shorts from 1928 until 1955 that like, like Stevie said, played either before or after a movie. Like going to the movies back then was a little bit of a different experience rather than buying a ticket to one movie. You kind of just bought a ticket to the movie theater 
And then there'd be kind of more like a loop of things. Like you'd have the newsreel, some cartoons, a feature length, a B movie. You know, that's why trailers are called trailers because they would play after the movie as opposed to like before. But Mickey Mouse started in a lot of those cartoons. Let's, uh, I got a clip here of the carnival kid, Mickey's first spoken words. Let's, let's hear what, uh, that hot dog. It's weird. <laughs> sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> those hot, those dogs are barking. It's honestly terrifying. <laughs> and like in that clip he's like stabbing the hot dogs and they're barking it's really really kind of crazy i do like how they gave Minnie the heels in, in <laughs> the early shorts Minnie. just the giant yeah. heels Minnie's look changed quite a bit too well we can save that for potentially a, a mickey sidekick pod but she she became more flushed out as well as the cartoons went on and they were obviously married in 1933 so let's go to the Opry House, real quick. Uh, this is a 1929 clip. Um, and this is where Mickey Mouse first gets his gloves. And you'll be able to, s- well, you won't be able to see why, but Stevie will. Let's go ahead and hit play. And it happened pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like from 1920 yeah. to 1929, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty even, quick yeah, even, thing. Even in this clip, he looks more like Mickey Mouse. And the, the gloves really help accentuate his fingers because he's playing piano. Right, and you can you can better see his hands to distinguish his hands from his body. Um, we talked about it a little bit. It might also be because Mickey Mouse's early look was based on sort of a minstrel show type look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll let you do your research on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, a couple other, I guess, notable. Um, Mickey Mouse episodes in 1935. I don't have a clip for this, uh, but uh, there was a uh, short called The Band Concert, and that was the first time Mickey Mouse appeared in color. And it also features uh, Donald Duck playing a Daffy-like antagonist. <laughs> he was a lot different back then. I kind of want to talk on this, too. We kind of hinted on it earlier, but Mickey Mouse was more of a like an everyman type character, right? Like, how would you describe the modern day Mickey Mouse versus the old Mickey Mouse? Modern day Mickey Mouse is more forthright, always does the right thing. Um, when anything presents a problem, he'll figure out what to do in the most, uh, I guess you could say, a noble manner. Mm-hmm. Old Mickey Mouse, um, like you said, is almost like a Bugs Bunny like troublemaker. Right. Well, and that brings us to 19... 19- 40 as well where mickey mouse makes his first uh feature film appearance in fantasia uh so the third segment of that movie is the sorcerer's apprentice Mm -hmm. um and really that clip was the birth of the whole fantasia project because walt had that it was initially going to be one of like the silly symphony mickey little shorts and then like the idea just kept growing and growing into the full-length film um I think it's probably Mickey's greatest appearance in media. What, what do you think? It's easily his most iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go anywhere in a park, especially like I go to Disneyland or Disney World, anything you see related to Mickey, there's a 50% chance it's going to be from Fantasia. And that's that's still like the 1940s Mickey. And if you think back to like what actually happens in that clip, Mickey is the apprentice and he 
kind of disobeys what the master wants, kind of cuts a shortcut, like, you know, enchants the brooms or whatever. And that's what causes the problem, really. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of Mickey being being kind of a screw up. Whereas if that was made today, Mickey would be like the master and you'd have some other Disney character who made the mistake, right? Well, that happened um, actually in a, in a park ride. They did that where um, it was called um, Fill Our Magic. And Mickey was in charge of a symphony and Donald Duck got in control of it by accident and ended up going on this wild ride. And Mickey at the very end had to come in and save everything. <laughs> so they actually did reverse it. Did you ever ride on that? Oh, it, it was a 3D show and I saw that at least 10 times. I loved it. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> All right. But that, uh, so after Fantasia, Mickey Mouse didn't stop appearing in these shorts. Um I have a clip from Len to Paw uh, back or up in 1942 um, where this is like really the quintessential Mickey look at this point. He's established what he looks like and we'll play the clip now. You can see that Mickey Mouse's demeanor has changed too. He's more of like a fatherly authoritative figure in this clip. Here comes Pluto with a cat. Well, well, Pluto, who's your friend? Got the iconic red. Mm-hmm. Nice, <laughs> this is 1942. This still would have been like the tail end of Walt Disney. This would have been the tail end of Walt, yeah. Hungry, huh? Oh. Okay, we can go ahead and pause that. But yeah, you can see that Mickey's being nice to cats now. And this was actually... Uh, the first Oscar win for a Mickey Mouse uh, movie. I think the only one, um, but it was Walt's one of Walt's 26, 26 Oscars. which is absolutely insane. <laughs> Most of all time, yeah. Uh, and then there's one last clip that I want to play from the from these shorts uh, before we talk about one special one. Um, the Simple Things in 1953. This is the last cartoon that Mickey Mouse appeared in before Mickey's Christmas Carol. So Mickey basically goes on a 30-year hiatus after this short, which we'll play now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here you go. Jimmy McDonald on the voice. Yeah, which I honestly think he... (sighs) Not to downgrade anything from Jimmy, but I think he sounds the most out of place as Mickey, don't you think? Mm. Yeah, it's just you're not it used to it. It sounds extremely like, different. It really does, yeah. And it kind of fits, though, because it's also, like, we can go ahead and fade out that clip. But looking at Mickey, it's the most different looking Mickey. Like, that's the ears to the side. Yeah. More modern looking Mickey that kind of evolved a little bit after Fantasia than got... It got rolled back into retro Mickey. Which kind of shows you like how great that Fantasia look is. Because, I mean, even today, he still looks like that Fantasia Mickey. And then here's what's interesting about Mickey Mouse, too. So that's what he... Oh, there's one more short film I guess we should talk about, too. Uh, Get a Horse played in front of... I love this short. Played in front of Frozen. What do you remember about Get a Horse? It's absolutely insane. Um, it's fourth wall breaking throwback Mickey. They combine modern and throwback and they combine like the old black and white shorts with like modern CGI. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mickey uh, faces off against Pete. And we can, you want to play a little bit of it? Yeah. Cause I, 
I definitely want want people to watch this because um, it's fantastic. Yeah, so let's go ahead and play the clip. Oh, got the steamboat. <laughs> the classic steamboat whistle. This was nominated for Best Animated Short Film, and uh, the f- it opens up with the black and white classics title screen, too, with the skinny-looking Mickey, right. skinny-looking mini. A Mickey comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in a 2, 3, 5 to 1 ratio, so think like the old square-looking ratio. Right. Um, not widescreen, boxy, kind of. It's almost like you're watching it like on a small projector. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all the old characters, especially yeah. cows are always featured in the old shorts. Horse, horse collar is the horse, Clarabelle the cow, yeah. and then here comes Minnie. And the great thing is, too, is these are like the old looking Minnie and Mickey. Yeah. And there comes Pete. <laughs> mm-hmm. and one thing I think it's great, too, is they really captured the old voices. Exactly. Yeah, it's more it's more of sound than dialogue that comes out of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of get what they're saying, but it's not like lines. Oh, thank you. And this kind of goes plays. I guess you could say like this. It, they combine all the old shorts. Yeah. And so now this is when the fourth wall gets broken and it switches back to a, a one three three to one ratio. And you realize you're in a movie theater. Oh my gosh. Well, I was backwards. And now it switches to a 2 3 5 yeah. one. It wasn't a one 3 3 one Okay, we can probably go ahead and pause that. <laughs> but for those who want to watch this, go to Netflix. And Netflix has this thing called... Uh, it's a Disney collection of animation sh- animated shorts. And all of them Ooh. are really strong. What's it? What do you search to find that? Is it... Um, you just have to go to um, Netflix and type in Diz or Disney. And you'll see it. It'll be a collection of animated shorts. And all of them are extremely strong, even the Frozen one, um, which I don't... I mean, I love Frozen, but that may be the weakest one. It's still really strong. Olaf's Frozen Adventure or whatever it's called? No, it's... um. I want to say they're celebrating another holiday or... Uh, what's their... Not Anna, but um, who's the other sister? Elsa? Elsa. I think Elsa gets like the flu. <sighs> Classic. Classic, Those girls are always getting but, in trouble. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Paperboy, remember that short? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. on there. Ooh, yeah, like nice. And uh, if you watch this one called "The Russian Matchstick Girl," there's a good chance you'll cry. But I'm just throwing that out there. Like Mickey Mouse is in so many of those iconic shorts, and Disney has so many of those iconic shorts. But what's weird is he's not in hardly any movies at all. Like we talked about Tan- Fantasia already. He's the third segment, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Probably his most iconic role. Then he's not in a movie for 34 more years. Uh, fun and fancy free. Was it 2010, 2011? There was talk of, hey, Mickey's going to get his, you know, a big time full release feature length. And that has yet to come. Which I, I think I know why they did that. We'll talk about that when we get to the yes! implications of his copyright. Uh, but I think that's why they didn't make that movie. But. Fun and Fancy Free, you have Mickey as Jack in the Beanstalk. Uh, this is like sort of the fully evolved 
Mickey character, the modern Mickey character yeah. that we know today, where he's he's the mature, responsible protagonist, and he's got Goofy and Donald uh, as sort of like the comic relief to his hero character. Uh, then I don't have him in another full length film until Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas in 1999. I so like another, that movie. <laughs> another 25 years. I don't remember that. Do you remember anything about it? I just watched it like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've been really gearing up for Disney stuff. And yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a kind of sore of Mickey. Uh, anytime I go to the parks, there's like two characters I always collect on my pins. One's Mickey Mouse and one is uh, Wreck-It Ralph. But um, I just, I, I think Mickey is so iconic. I try to seek out everything he's done. So the next feature film that I have him in is Fantasia 2000, but I think that's just like a reprisal of the same Sorcerer's Apprentice clip, right? Yeah. There's not really much more Mickey Mouse in that one. Um, Then you have, so Mickey's Magical Christmas in 2001, uh, Mickey's House of Villains in 2002, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, and the Three Musketeers in 2004. Hilarious. Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas also in 2004, so a big period there in the early aughts of mickey and christmas movies well also Um, you and i have touched on this a lot in the early 2000s you could say disney was scratching their heads for great animated movies it was a rough spot in their in their history um post disney renaissance yeah and and i think that you know you get to 2011 maybe they were looking to either go backwards or go forwards and they definitely went forward to go forward <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh have some new intellectual property but there's one more feature length movie clip uh let's just go ahead and play that first oh yeah i love this <laughs> what's up doc jumping without a parachute kind of dangerous ain't it yeah, yeah. It's a spare tire, and that is a Who framed Roger Rabbit uh, in 1988? Um, Yeah, again, one of the only big screen appearances for Mickey Mouse in a feature-length film is not even a Disney movie. Um, And interestingly, Disney and WB, it was really tough, obviously, to get Mickey Mouse and Roger Rabbit and Bugs Bunny in the same movie. Um, So the characters actually had to have exactly equal exact. screen time <laughs> yeah because they didn't want one to have more than the other so you have mickey and uh bugs entering the scene and exiting the scene at the exact same time it's only like a 30 second scene right but... and uh mickey's not the one that could give him the wrong spare because mickey wouldn't do that and also i find it in- i mean i find it really cool because who framed roger rabbit would you consider like a 30s and 40s movie yeah it's got like a modern day noir they definitely feel. use the walt disney voice Oh, yeah. Like, without question, sure. they use the Walt Disney voice. Oh, you're talking about the design of Mickey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, got, yeah. The, it's got like, a Walt Disney-type look. And, and maybe even, like, a 40s-type Mickey look to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty much it as far as big screen Mickey Mouse. But we do have a lot of uh, small screen Mickey Mouse to talk about. Um, were you ever a fan of the Mickey Mouse Club? No. I feel like we missed it. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm looking at it now. There's basically one, two, three, four 
major incarnations of the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, well, you just want to run through them real quick? Do you want to listen to the little kid intros? Sure. So the Mickey Mouse Club originated in 1955. Um, so... It ran from 1955 to 1959, and this is the tail end of Mickey Mouse shorts. Um, but it was also a way to sort of keep that brand alive as they were really establishing him as the, the figurehead of uh, Disney. So let's go ahead and hit play on the 55 Mickey Mouse Club. So there's some white kids in really nice clothes. It's the tap 50s. Dancing. <laughs> yeah, tap dancing right now, black and white. Uh, they're all wearing matching dresses or suits. They can move, they can tap. They can really dance, yeah. Doing all the swing time here with their legs. Ooh, running man. <laughs> Picture like anchors away. Exactly, yeah. Like this is like fresh off anchors away. We wanna say hello and give cheers for all of you who see us every day. That's the way I look at it. This is like bandstand for young children. Basically, yeah. And of course, they have the, the iconic introductions of the kids in every iteration of this. <laughs> Where we meet the Mouseketeers. <laughs> Roll call. Roll call. <laughs> Carol. Bobby. Annette. Karen. Cubby. Shan. Darlene. Tommy. Doreen. Roy. <laughs> Jimmy. Roy. <laughs> Roy, the most out of place. That had, I mean, a modest run, four years, and then Disney rebooted it in 77. So interesting that they lined it up with uh, Fun and Fancy Free. Right. It's almost like they were trying to, like, rebuild that Mickey Mouse brand again. But let's get uh, a taste of the new Mickey Mouse Club, which ran from 77 to 79. This is pretty cool. Dream is a wish you heart makes? Yeah. Hi, Musketeers! Hi, Mickey! <laughs> Got guests coming and everything. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Everybody needs to be... Me and me! Then take it away! Oh, jeez. <laughs> the Karate Kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm not gonna comment on any of this, but for those who don't know what I'm oh knowing about, type in the 1977 new Mickey Mouse Club Mouseketeers. You'll understand. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's um yeah. It was a more racially diverse group, but. They impl- they made that very clear. <laughs> yeah, not quite up to our standards. All right, let's pause it. Yeah, so I get into the first song there. But <laughs> what's almost most impressive out of all of these iterations, though, is the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, shortened to MMC in 1993, uh, which ran from 1989 to 1996. Um, Are these the All-Stars? This is the All-Stars. We can go ahead and hit play on these guys. This is like the MTV era, you can tell. So yeah, the 
look of this is way different. Kids skateboarding, digital effects. I like how they did the, the version on the... <laughs> but wait till we get into the kids in this one. This is... That's crazy. Dale. Jennifer. Justin. Justin Timberlake. JC. Brittany. Brittany Spears. Rona. TJ. Alana. Ricky. Christina. Christina Aguilera. Nita. Ryan. Ryan Gosling. Ryan. Nikki. Tony. Lindsay. Tay. Terry. Fred. You. Talk about the all-star group, though. Obviously, that's been well documented, but that MMC version went on to spawn so many superstars of the aughts and teens in the, in the next millennium. Um, interestingly, today, I don't have a clip of this. I have an article talking about it, but they're rebooting the Mickey Mouse Club again. So every 20 years, almost on the dot. On the dot. Um, now it's called Club Mickey Mouse, and it's all social media based. So you can follow Club Mickey Mouse on Facebook or Instagram. But that's pretty. Smart. It's a lot of the same thing. Yeah, a lot of the same thing. A lot of music uh, skits, that kind of stuff. And it just started in 2017, so still pretty early on in that phase. Um, a couple other cartoons. I don't know if these are worth talking about. Do you remember the House of Mouse? We almost named this podcast the House of. <laughs> We did, yeah. We almost seen this podcast, The House of Mouse. Want to talk about the concept of what The House of Mouse was? It's really interesting. It's the nightclub where all the Disney characters hang out. It's a spinoff of Mickey Mouse Works, an ABC one, night, uh, one Saturday morning sketch show. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's hit the intro on House of Mouse. Direct from Main Street, it's Disney's House of Mouse. It's pretty cool. It's uh, a lot of the Disney Golden Age, Silver Age, and Renaissance characters. You don't have a lot from 80s Disney represented here. <laughs> Not a lot of the Black Cauldrons in this. No. <laughs> but it's honestly, every character you see in this, you're like, oh, I know him or her. And, and this is like the epitome of the fully evolved Disney characters, uh, of these original Disney characters. So you have... Mickey, who owns the club, he's the boss. Everything that's inside of the club is Brandon Mickey. Donald's like the goofy sidekick who's always screwing stuff up. And Goofy's then Goofy's a waiter. Just like, Goofy's a waiter who's just like the agent of chaos. But, <laughs> yeah. You can have Mickey Mouse sort of in this boss uh, leadership type role. He's like Johnny Carson. Yeah. A long intro on this. Yeah. <laughs> 90 seconds. Very long. But yeah, it's um, House of Mouse is pretty cool. Not bad. Um, and then, yeah, the, the last thing that I have here is uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Uh, we can go ahead and play and talk over this intro, but this is sort of a computer CGI Mickey, and it's aimed at way littler kids. Like Picture Robot Chicken CGI. I mean, not Robot yeah. Chicken, um, Chicken Little. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he does the thing where he talks to the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and waits for the like the kids to respond at home. <laughs> and yeah, assisted play at Disney resorts for quite a stretch when I went. Like this would be playing like in the lobbies in some resorts, Pat.
Yeah, it's it's definitely targeted at four to eight year olds. But it isn't a bad thing. I mean, no, no. Yeah, I grew up with Arthur. <laughs> Do you remember that show, uh, Roly Poly Oli? Yeah. This kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> it looks a lot like that. It looks yeah. a lot like Roly Poly Oli. Okay, but I mean, that's pretty much it as far as Mickey on-screen appearances. Um, do you want to talk about video game? Mickey? Yes. Okay. So, growing, I used to get in trouble growing up as a kid because if I couldn't beat a game on my Super Nintendo... I would slam the controller down in a fit of rage. And all of that started with the Super Nintendo game, Mickey Mania. It's a side-scroller game. If you have a Super Nintendo, get this game. It's a ton of fun. Then we hopped down to... um, What's that game you used to play as a kid? So it was called Mickey's 1-2-3 Big Surprise Party. (laughs) Um... (laughs) This was like a, a an ancient DOS game that you'd load up floppy disks on in order to play. And you had to like, it came with a sheet. And in order to make sure that you weren't pirating the software, you had to like, the screen would show a Mickey Mouse and you had to pick the number from the sheet of what pose he was doing. <laughs> to pro- so like you couldn't play the game unless you had the sheet. That's how they kept you from, from, uh, from sharing it with your friends. But basically... You had to hit numbers one through nine on your keyboard, and based on what happened, Mickey Mouse would do different stuff. So you'd either get five apples to the party or nine apples to the party. You got to decide that. <laughs> the car would either have one wheel or eight wheels, and you got to pick. <laughs> more, oh. Definitely more in the uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse vein <laughs> for little kids. Yeah, but then we hopped down. It's like the granddaddy of them all for Mickey Mouse video games, Kingdom Hearts. Yes. As I said, I've played these games countless times. I still have no idea what's going on as far as the plot, but Mickey is really cool. He is a Keyblade master. He looks awesome, and he saves the day a lot. He's King Mickey, right? Yeah, he's King Mickey. Yeah, so I mean, that just shows, like, he's not the Mickey who's, like, losing his girlfriend anymore or getting frustrated by Donald Duck. He's like the boss. Like now. he is like the answer to everything. And I'll probably send a uh, I'll probably uh put a picture up on our Twitter, but I have a t-shirt of Kingdom Hearts Mickey in his organization 13 robe. So I'll probably be sending that out sometime soon. So you have Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3 on the way. Kingdom Hearts 3 is on the way. Um I know there's, you know, 2.8, 2.5 remix, uh Birth by Sleep you know 352 over 8 there's a there's a lot dream drop distance but yes 3 is on the way and then there was uh epic mickey did you ever play this game i did not ever play that but do you notice who's there in the little oswald the rabbit oswald the rabbit's back yeah full circle here coming back to his original form but yeah i i never played it it looks like i think you have to like draw Stuff. Yeah, it's it's paint based, but I'll tell you this: the the scenery in the game is amazing. They're almost like um, I don't get too much away, but they're kind of like I wouldn't say rejected, like Disney ideas for what the lands should have looked like, but they're very haunting. Let's put it mm. that way. Very cool game. That's pretty much it for the video games of Mickey. 
that and um I know Mickey's gone through a lot of variations in the parks, but the one I think that has always stand out stood out to me as far as his appearance is his red pants with kind of like a black maestro jacket and the yellow bow tie. That's kind of how I've always seen Mickey in the parks, at least. Um, that's how he appears when I go. Um, I have a question, Pap. Have you ever been to Disney World or Disneyland? I have not. That is a gap in my Disney knowledge, but you are the Disney World master, right? I go once or twice a year. Um, and I'll say this. Uh, one of Walt's most famous quotes is, is it all started with a mouse. That mouse is everywhere in the parks. You can find, I mean, you can spend a year looking for hidden Mickeys within the five major parks in Disney World and you still won't find them all. Like, he is ever present in the parks. And if you even look at, like, an original photo of MGM from above, what was MGM for the younger kids, which is now Hollywood Studios, the whole park is outlined like a giant hidden Mickey when you look at it from the sky above. So, um, even after, like, the original outline, they put in, you know, the giant sorcerer's hat in honor of him. Just everything in those parks revolves around him. Which brings us to the last point we have on the agenda today. The most important point. Yeah, why Mickey Mouse is potentially one of the most important characters in the history of American copyright and intellectual <laughs> property law. Uh so I want to start off by saying that I think copyright law is a is a good thing because you know like you get to reward whoever creates the intellectual property. If you think of a character, you should have some say so right on how it's distributed and marketed and used. Um, but also there should be a time when that piece of of intellectual property should enter public domain. Like you shouldn't have to write a check to Todd Shakespeare in Soho for. <laughs> for redoing uh, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Much ado about but, nothing. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is a fine line here. And American copyright law has an interesting history, but a history that is essentially tied to, to Mickey. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. So I, the first copyright law in the United States was packed way back in 1790. And that only gave you uh, protection of your ideas for 14 years or your, your characters or it's whatever. It's pretty small. Um, yeah. So in 1909, basically as Walt Disney was coming up as a cartoonist, you know, still figuring his education, Teddy Roosevelt signed the first copyright law in the United States in nearly 120 years. Um, Big deal. And this expanded intellectual property protection to 28 years with an option to renew for another 28 years. So essentially you have 56 years to own an idea. And then after you own that idea, it becomes... Uh, part of public domain. So anyone can do anything they want with it. So doing the math, uh, Mickey Mouse, first Steamboat Willie, uh, and Plain Crazy and all of that came out in 1928. So Mickey Mouse's copyright license should have expired in 1984. <laughs> but Disney wasn't going to let that happen. <laughs> so in 1976, they began lobbying uh, the United States Congress and they were successful, and copyright protections expanded to 75 years after Jeez. the initial creation. So, th think about all the implications for that. First of all, <laughs> Any, like all of like those silent movies, those old movies, everything else got pulled along with, with this it. law. Mickey's yeah. leading the train. Yeah, so it's changing everything. So, like like I said, Mickey Mouse was set to become public domain in 2003. 
But Disney wasn't going to let that happen. So, <laughs> so in the 90s, then CEO Eisner. Michael Eisner, very important figure, a guy who will be talking a lot about on this podcast, uh, started lobbying Good or Congress. Bad. Yeah, starting lobbying Congress again. And so between 1994 and 1996, Disney's political contributions quadrupled. <laughs> <laughs> during that time and not surprisingly in 1998 led to bill clinton uh and the democratic congress passing the copyright term extension act also called the sunny bono act also called the mickey mouse act uh which extended uh corporate ownership of intellectual property to uh 95 years good god so adding another 20 years um or if you're like a, an individual person, it'd be 70 years after your death. Um, yeah. But 95 years. Or, yeah, 95 years. So now uh, Mickey Mouse is set to become public domain in 2023. Uh, and this puts Disney in kind of a tough spot, right? Because I, re- I read this, Stevie, that in 1997, Disney estimated that Mickey Mouse was directly responsible for 40% of their merchandise revenue. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and merchandise is huge for Disney. Well, and it's a honestly, it, it it's worked on me. Every Disney shirt I own is Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm directly responsible for that for for some of that forty percent. But um, they have to be working on getting this push again, don't you think? Well, so here here's where I think that the ripple effects of this are even go on to more than you would even know, because I don't think they're going to be able to pass it again. And Disney has always been very proactive mm-hmm. in doing this. Like they begin their lobbying efforts, like, you know, eight or nine years, sometimes 10 years before this uh, copyright act is going to come up. So they would have probably started thinking about this in the early teens of the new millennium which is right around the time they started acquiring Star Wars and Marvel. Marvel. And now 20th Century Fox. So basically, I think Disney is kind of relinquishing the fact that they're going to lose Mickey. I mean, not lose him. Of course, they can still keep using him. So in my sense... these new intellectual properties. If Mickey becomes public domain, can, say, Paramount make a Mickey movie? Yeah, I mean, we could we could sell Mickey Mouse t-shirts on the street if we wanted to at that point. Because it's public domain. Mm-hmm, yep. Hmm, I mean, I've always, I've always wanted to see Mickey be Disney, just because I think that is, you know what I mean? Like, Mickey Mouse is, Disney is Mickey Mouse. Like, that's the way I look at it. But well, think about how, how different today's world would be if it wasn't for Mickey Mouse and Disney, like, leading this charge, like... Batman would be public public domain. Like anyone can make a Batman movie at any time. You know what I mean? Like right. Superman. <laughs> All of these like those iconic forties and thirties movies you could just show anywhere at any time. They'd be part of free free use. Yeah. That's very true. That's why Mickey Mouse is probably the most important character in the history of American copyright law. I mean, the leader of all of it. And you do make a good point, though, because Disney is a proactive company. If they're thinking, like, we've we've pushed this back three times. Mm-hmm. Four times might not work. You know what I mean? And they saw an opening in the market where their value as a company wouldn't take that big of a hit if they lost Mickey into the public domain. 
Well, and here's here's the irony of all of this is so much of Disney's uh, Disney's the stories that they tell are based on public domain stories. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all of Fantasia. We talked about Mickey all Mouse's the Grimm most stories, iconic role. All the Grimm brother stories. All of the music in Fantasia is public domain <laughs> music. It's just I don't know. It's just funny and I, and ironic how how that works out. But um, yeah. do you have anything else on Mickey Mouse you wanna you wanna say? Um. I would say, um, I think we covered all of our bases on Mickey. I mean, obviously, there's so much to cover as far as his friends. Um, we can definitely do a whole episode on Minnie in the future. But as far as the spotlight goes, I think we pretty much hit everything. So let's let's do a quick rundown then of what we think other episodes will be. So we want to do old movie reviews, too. Um, the classics, or even like the new like- classics, like Moana. We want to start with, I think, with Snow White might be our first one. Yeah, and that's going to be do, the uh, the original. Do some Disney news. So if you have a topic you'd want us to uh, cover, send us an email or a tweet. Uh, get a hold of us and we'll, we can do a deep dive like we did on Mickey Mouse today. Yes, we can. And um, as I said, we'll be having some guest characters on here. Uh, Jen will be on here. She's a uh, a pins connoisseur. She's always talking pins and buying pins and trading them. Um, we have an insider who I can't name at this moment, but let's just say we have an insider for Disney news. And, um, I think that's about it. I think. Yep. Thanks for listening to our pilot episode. And then, uh, yeah, this was, uh, please stand clear clear the doors. doors. Have a good one. All who come to this happy place. Uh Welcome. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. 